Good evening. Please have your Bible open to Matthew chapter 25. Welcome back this evening. The sermon tonight follows up from the sermon this morning about heaven. We studied 1 Peter chapter 1 and we said right up front, if heaven doesn't mean much to us, we are simply not facing our purpose and certainly not prepared for death. Heaven is an eternal goal that is within our reach by the mercy of God that should prompt us to respond to the gospel of Christ and then live in a manner worthy of the gospel thereafter. As I get into this tonight, you'll see the connection between what we're going to read and study tonight with what was presented this morning. Matthew 25. Jesus taught people in parables. A parable is a story that has meaning beyond the story itself. A parable holds before us something we can understand. And as we consider the story and what we understand in the story, we have good insight into what's really important for us today. Here's one of the parables Jesus spoke in Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. As a husband and a father and a preacher, I've had some experience with weddings. And here's something that has always been true of weddings across time and culture. You have to get everything ready before the event. Wedding planning is not just a modern function. It has been true from the time of Jesus, no doubt even before the time of Jesus. You have to get ready before the event. And we all know the routine. Setting a date, invitations, wardrobe, music, food, 
license, preacher, rehearsal. And if all of that is not done well before the event, if somebody doesn't do their part previous to the event, if there is some glitch in the planning, you have two very angry mothers. You have to get ready before the event. So Jesus tells the story about a wedding where five were not ready for the event. In this case, oil to burn in the lamps. This would what we would this is what we would call in modern times an issue of the power grid. Parables generally do not have multiple levels of meaning and application. Most of the time, the meaning of a parable can be expressed in one sentence, one main idea. Then you can take that main idea and work it into applications. But in many cases, a parable has one main idea. And here in Matthew 25, in this story, in this parable, there's one simple idea. Five people not ready. For us, this becomes a needed reminder of the tragedy of being unprepared. It's a message about getting ready before an event. And so the question can come up, are we prepared or are we unprepared? And that's the substance of the lesson for tonight in Matthew chapter 25. First of all, beware of waiting without doing anything. Before this wedding, before the event, verse 3 says that these girls who were scheduled to be in the ceremony took their lamps but took no oil with them. And then verse 5 adds to that, they all slumbered and slept. So there is an event and they know what their responsibility is and they're waiting for the event but they're not getting ready. They're not making the necessary preparations. I'm afraid we need to admit that many people today are waiting for the second coming of Christ and the judgment. But that's all they're doing. They're just waiting. They're not getting ready. Perhaps they believe that these final events will occur. They've read the Bible. They know what the Bible said. They've, they've heard sermons about the second coming of Christ and they know there will be no warning. Maybe they believe all that. But they're inactive. They're waiting for an event without doing the preparation for that event. I remember the preachers of my youth saying to audiences all the time, life now is our golden opportunity to get ready for life after death. Life now is our golden opportunity to get ready for life after death. The way this is supposed to work is, as early in life as morally and intellectually possible, you realize there is a God. 
And from his word, you honestly see that you're guilty of sin. You're not right with him. You're separated from him. And you desire to enter into a relationship with him. And you discover what God has done in order for you to enter a relationship with him. He sent Christ to die for us. And you come to believe that truth. You believe in him and you love him and you repent and you are baptized. And then conduct yourself as a recipient of the grace of God. And you become an humble servant of God. And in that way, what you're doing is you're busy getting ready for what's ahead. You are using your life now to get ready for life with God after death. Many people who believe in God and who believe Jesus is coming again are not getting ready. They're just waiting. They're waiting for something to happen without getting ready for what's going to happen. Like the best man who knows the wedding is coming soon, but he doesn't rent the tux. That's happened so many times. The maid of honor who's been invited to participate, but she doesn't do everything to get ready for that participation. Maybe even the preacher who has been asked to perform the ceremony, but he doesn't prepare, or he's not on time. In Jesus' story, you've got five participants who were not ready. The question becomes, are we ready for what's ahead? Not just tomorrow, but for the second coming of Christ, which could be tomorrow. You can't just wait without doing anything. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We talk about procrastination, and that's really the point that I'm making now. You're waiting, but you're putting off doing what you may not have time to do. I saw this the other day. Procrastination is the arrogant assumption that God owes you another opportunity to do what you had time to do. Now, doesn't that hit you a little differently compared to your previous concepts of procrastination? Procrastination is the arrogant assumption that God owes you another opportunity To do what you had time to do. This parable helps us become aware of doing what needs to be done before an event. Beware of waiting for an event that you know is coming, but not doing anything to get ready. This is about, therefore, personal responsibility. In verse 8, the foolish young lady said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil. Give us some of your oil. The message there is, we didn't do what we should have done, so since we didn't prepare, can we borrow from you? Isn't this the way it sometimes works out? 
When we don't do what we need to do, then we expect the prepared people to come to our aid. When I was in the army, there were always men who spent all their pay before the end of the month. Some of them spent all their pay before the end of the day. And then you know what happened next. They would come begging to the rest of us before the next payday. I've known a few preachers through the years who take it easy all week. And then they try to find something on the internet Saturday afternoon. No excuse for that. What is striking in Jesus' parable is not just this parable, but actually all of them, personal responsibility. You do it. You take the time to get yourself ready for what is ahead. If there are preliminaries that hang in your mind, you get hold of those. You take what is serious and you act upon it. You don't wait around thinking you can depend upon other people who've been responsible. The Bible is a book that echoes this message over and over, page after page, Old Testament, New Testament, personal responsibility. You cannot sit back and expect that what others have done will make up for your deficiency. But that's what Satan wants us to think and do. You do nothing yourself. You just hope that maybe someone will be able to make up for your deficiencies. Let me say it again like this. When Jesus comes again, he will not ask you what others have done. He's going to say, Warren, what did you do? He will not ask if others prepared for me. He will want to know if I'm prepared. So part of the truth set before us in this parable and the other parables is personal responsibility. Isn't it clear the only one who can get ready for the second coming is you and me? The only thing that can save us is our response to Christ now. If we don't pay attention to that, nobody can step up and answer for us later. That's not the way that's going to happen. Christ is coming. There is no question. The only question remains how that fateful moment will find us. Paul Earnhardt, the faithful gospel preacher, wrote, We cannot be lit vicariously by the spiritual light that burns in others. I love that. We cannot be lit vicariously by the spiritual light that burns in others. And then we need to think about this reality. Someday it will be too late. That's just a tragic thought to occupy your mind. The unprepared came to the event and said, verse 11, open to us. Verse 12, but he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, 
I do not know you. And by the way, verse 10 says, the door was shut. Someday it'll be too late. Isn't that the tragedy of being unprepared? When Jesus returns to the world, he will find the vast majority of mankind utterly unprepared. He will find the bulk of people slumbering and surprised. Just before his arrival, business will be going on. Politics will be active. There will be trading and farming and buying and selling and pleasure seeking and Facebooking. One man said, I quote J.C. Riley, Rich men will still be faring sumptuously, and many poor people murmuring and complaining. Churches will still be full of divisions and wrangling about trifles and theological controversies that have no biblical basis will still be raging and Christians will still be postponing evangelism. Preachers will still be calling upon people to repent and sinners will be putting off the decision to be baptized. Jesus will suddenly appear in an hour when the Bible says no man thinks. And everybody will stand before the king. The prepared will be there along with the unprepared. Guess who gets the better destiny? And of course we must always say about these matters. Your life may end before that final event. But according to scripture, you will be present for judgment. The value of the gospel of Christ for many will be discovered too late. We might as well settle this in our minds now. Someday it will be too late. Too late to study the Bible change your mind and repent. Too late to start going to the assemblies. Too late to get involved. Too late to give up bad habits. Too late to say no to the devil and then quickly get ready. The door will be shut at last and the master will say to many, I do not know you. Would you listen again? Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, 
Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, the application. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is about the tragedy of an unprepared life, which should cause every one of us to ask, am I ready? What the Bible says about all this isn't mysterious. It isn't complicated. The problem is sin. The solution is Jesus Christ. Would you consider then what your relationship with God is right now and consider the simplicity of God's plan and watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Let's be standing as we sing.